Hey, it's Adam. Welcome to our weekly teaching podcast here at South Hills Church in Corona, California. Our hope is that as you listen in, you'll find yourself laughing and learning and being challenged and encouraged to grab hold of who God has made you to be. Enjoy the message. Leave it to Adam to f- come up with fun, creative ways to do a simple introduction for him not being here today. We're, uh, we're excited for him to be able to help another church. As you guys know, South Hills Church is um, not just a place for Corona, but it's a place that we ultimately do ministry in multiple cities. And then we also help churches that are not even uh, called South Hills, that aren't even connected to South Hills. So he's out serving at another church today, um, helping out a pastor that was going through a hard time. And so we're happy to be able to help. Uh, we're all part of the same family. And so we're excited for him to be able to be there in a time of need. But I am super excited to be here with you guys today. It's been way too long. Um, gosh, it's been, I was just talking to somebody on the last service. I'm like, it, it has been way too long. Um, it, you know, as you guys know, uh, my role is, 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 is expanding South Hills uh, to take what we do here in South Hills Corona or what we do as a South Hills church and then providing multiple opportunities for people to experience this in other cities. So if you did not know this already, um, um, South Hills uh, is more than one is more than one location. We're one church, but in many locations. Corona is the original one. This is where it all started. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this is where it all started. So Pastor Chris and his wife, Laura, 23 years ago, uh, decided to say yes to God's calling to create an environment where people can come and experience uh, Christ in a way where they would understand and in a way that would be relevant to their day-to-day life. And so right down the street at the Masonic Lodge is where they started 23 years ago. Then after that, they outgrew that place and moved to Citrus Hills Intermediate School, which is up the street. And they, uh, they grew there, did multiple services there. And then finally, they bought land right here, uh, put up those metal A-frames out there that are, or those metal frames that are uh, buildings that are out there, started meeting in there. And then until this place got built, um, once this place got built, then they moved into this auditorium. And this was the beginning. This was the start of South Hills Church. And so uh, and so this place has been extremely life-changing, um, has, you know, has been a place where people have come given their life to Christ, have been baptized, have started taking next steps and serving and joining uh, growth groups. Um, and God has really been moving in the hearts and the lives of many people. And so we saw what God was doing, or Pastor Chris saw what God was doing, and he wanted to do this in many locations. So it's Corona wasn't the only city that, be- only city that benefited from it. And so, um, so he brought me on board to kind of do that, to take what we do here, or what we started here, and to take it into multiple cities. So now, so now, we went from South Hills Corona to South Hills Burbank, South Hills Costa Mesa, South Hills South County, Dana Point, uh, South Hills Manhattan Beach, South Hills um, uh, South Hills Santa Clarita, South Hills uh, Riverside, Spanish and English. And then during the pandemic, we were like one of the very, very few churches, probably the only church that was actually starting churches during a pandemic. So we opened up our first out-of-state campus in Idaho. So we are currently 12 campuses, nine campuses in the U.S., three campuses outside of the U.S. And uh, so, yeah, that is something to give God a huge round of applause. Um, so... 
So yeah, that's why I haven't been here lately. <laughs> so uh, obviously that is that has been kind of my focus, and we're still moving, we're still growing. Uh, we have next locations already lined up. Um, I'm not going to tell you because that needs to be a surprise. But if you catch me on the patio, I might sneak out some information. But uh, why why do we do this? Why do we do this? Why do we have such a focus for taking what we do in our, our South Hills experience to so many other cities and so many other states and then other countries? So here's why: because um, because people's lives are changed. That's why. Because when people come to South Hills, they, they have a, their hearts transformed. God gets a hold of their heart. Um, they, they have peace in areas that they have not had peace yet. Um, their, their lives get changed. And so I get to bounce around from campus to campus. I was just at Idaho for the last three weekends uh, speaking there and helping our campus pastor there with that campus. And so I get to gather a lot of stories. And I call them because of South Hills stories. And these are some of the stories I'll share with you so you can see what God is doing, not only just at this campus, but some of our other campuses as well. Because of South Hills, I found a church I can I, I belong to and I feel welcome. And you know, as I read that, I don't want to just brief briefly just read over that and jump into the next one. A church that they belong to and they feel welcome. What does that mean? That means they've tried other places and they didn't feel welcome and they didn't feel like they belonged. So they came to a South Hills location and they felt welcomed, and they felt like they belonged. And by feeling that, that helps them to remain here. And when they remain here, they get to hear God's word. And when they, hear God, when they get to hear God's word, God gets to transform their hearts and their lives. So that's an important, uh, important uh, thing to have for a church to make people feel wanted and to make people feel like they belong. The second thing, the second one is because of South Hills, I have found a new church family a place to call home. I am building authentic relationships with people who are real, all while I am drawing closer to Christ. And, and as I read that, I can't help but to emphasize the words authentic and real. Somehow, someway, this individual thought it was so important to put those words in there because they had experienced other things in the past that were not authentic and that were not real. And because of South Hills, they were able to experience authentic relationships and real relationships, and in turn, drawing closer and closer and closer to God. One more. Because of South Hills, I have found peace. Because of South Hills, I have found love. Because of South, South Hills, my family and I are going to church together again. There has been healing in our hearts. And because of South Hills, it has become a place of a fresh start and a new beginning. And so I just wanted to take a moment and share those stories with you because that's the type of influence South Hills has on individuals. That's the type of influence that South Hills has on people when they walk in through those doors. Now, it's not at all, at all the building. It's not at all um, the people on stage. The people on stage ultimately provide an experience, but God is the one that does the transformation, right? And the reason why those people were able to come and experience that is because someone sitting in a South Hill seat extended an invitation. Because someone sitting in a South Hill seat enjoyed this experience so much that they thought, like, why would I just keep this to myself? I have a neighbor who can really benefit from this. I'm going to extend an invitation to them. And then that invitation gets extended. They walk into the doors. God gets a hold of their heart. And now there's peace. 
There's love. There's eternity in heaven with their heavenly father. There's a, there's a family coming together. There's marriages being restored, all because of someone in a seat who extended an invitation, an influencer, an influencer. And so today what I want to do is I want to help you understand that you are an influencer. You are an influencer. God has wired you, has given you life, has given you breath, has given you a story, has given you experiences, has given you wins, has given you losses. And all of those experiences are meant to be an influence for others. Now, in today's society, I feel like the culture has hijacked the word influencer, right? If, we all, if I say influencer nowadays, most people think social media. Most people think like, oh, yeah, an influencer uh, on social media. They're, you know, they're the people who have a lot of followers, right? And it, it, if you look up the definition, if you Google influencer, it actually says this. It says, uh, where are we at? Uh, it, influencer is an individual who has the power to affect purchase decisions because of the authority and knowledge or relationship with the audience, that is what the culture says and uh, the definition of an influencer is. Now, I, I just want to say this. That is not what God intended an influencer to be. Never was it God's intention for a person with influence to use their influence to get people to buy things or to get people to drain their bank accounts or to get people to, uh, to use their influence to benefit themselves. That was never the intention of God for you or I to use our influence for those reasons. But yet, culture has created a great environment to use people with a platform to get them to purchase things, right? And it works really well. I have three kids, and it works on them all the time. I mean, I, I tell them the story, and I bring out the scripture, and then they say, yeah, 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 Dad, are you going to buy it for me, Dad? And it's like, they don't really care about my stories. And it's like, you know what? I have good stories, guys but they don't really care. And I'm just like, you know, people pay for these stories, right? And they're like, I still don't, I wouldn't pay for it, nor do I want it for free. And it's like, they're really good for my, for my heart. They're really, they're really encouraging. I got three boys, they're getting with the twins, are getting ready to turn 13, which is blowing my mind because I have friends that have older kids and all I hear is horror stories of teenagers. And so, uh, and so it, is, it is, but they're in tune with uh, social media, they're in tune with influencers and they come and they show me like, oh my gosh, look at this guy has 35,000 followers. And look at this athlete, they has a 1 million followers. And I actually, I decided to look it up. I'm like, what are the influencers that have the most followers, right? And I looked on here and I said, and it, and it had Cristiano Ronaldo. Anybody heard of that name? Soccer player. He kicks a soccer ball for a living, all right? 315 million followers. The most influential person is a guy who kicks a soccer ball. Now, he's good at it. I'm not going to take that from him, obviously. He does a good job kicking a soccer ball but 315 million followers. The other guy's also another soccer player, Leo Messi. He's 233 million followers. Once again, people follow these guys because of their ability to kick a soccer ball. And then I finally started looking for someone who's not an athlete. And sure enough, a, a, a singer, songwriter popped up and it was Ariana Grande. Has anybody heard of her? I had it. <laughs> Surprisingly, I had not heard of her. And so I looked up and my wife was in the kitchen last night and I said, I said, hey, babe, have you heard of uh, Ariana Grande? And she's like, yeah. 
She's a songwriter. And then she's like, she like, starts pulling up songs, and this is what she sings, what she sings. And I'm like, no, no, I don't really care about her songs. She's got 252 million followers. Why? And she's like, she's kind of a big deal. I'm like, obviously not. I don't know who she is. And so this is the world, right? This is the world that we live in. My, my boys, like I said, they love baseball. And, um, and so sure enough, if there's a guy on the Angels that plays center field that all of a sudden has a chain, uh, a chain on, guess what, what my little guy wants? the next day. He wants a chain. If he hurts his, if the guy that uh, Mike Trout for the uh, you know, center fielder, when he actually plays and he's not hurt, um, he, if, he's, if he wears a glove when he gets on base uh, so he doesn't dirty his nails, guess what my little guy asked for? He wants a glove, right? And so the culture is doing a great job using influencers that have followers to getting people like us to make purchases. And, I, and I, I, I try all my tricks in the trade and my kids could care less, but yet it's working. Now, the reality is this, that is not what influence was intended for. It was not intended to use, be used to get people like us to make purchases. That's not at all why God created influence. That's not at all why God created the gift. That is not at all why God has given them those abilities. Those abilities. All of that talent is God-given talent. And the intention for the influence was never, ever to be used for purchase gain. I have a slide here I want, you to, I want, to, I want to share with you. And my, once again, my goal is to get you to see yourself as God sees you. It's for you to understand that God has created you to be an influencer, but to honor God with your influence, to help people have a life that's transformed because of your influence, because of your invitation, because you extended an invite or because you spoke into their heart or because you shared an encouragement and all of a sudden it's because of God and because of South Hills, my family and I are going to church. I have found peace. I have found love. And you don't realize that you're one conversation away from changing someone's life. You have no idea how one conversation, one word of encouragement, or one expression of love can change someone's life. You, your words, your expression, your life can change someone's life. Every week, South Hills gathers stories of people's lives that were changed. And the only reason we get these stories is because someone like you spoke into someone else's life and then they walked in through the doors and God got a hold of their heart. Now, what are you? What are you? You are an influencer. You are an influencer for the greatest reason that exists, to point people to Jesus so that their lives can be changed forever. And every day, the culture is going to try to, try to get you to change your mind or try to get you to focus on something else while God is constantly trying to speak to you in a way where you can be a voice to others. Now, there's a scripture that I want to read, and it's in Matthew chapter 5, verse 13 through 16. And as uh, Pastor Nate shared earlier, we're in this series called Sounds Familiar. And what this series is about is, is the teaching of Jesus on the Sermon of the Mount. And what Jesus is doing is he's, he's, he's teaching us 
where to put our time, where to put our focus, how to not be distracted by what's going on in this world. And he's trying to help us understand how important your relationship with God is and how important you are for someone else's relationship to God. So in Matthew chapter 5, verse 13 through 16, he says this, you are the salt of the earth, but what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. Now, let me, let me just emphasize on these scriptures here before we just move on to the next thing. As we all hear the word salt, and I'm sure that you've all gone to a grocery store with your parents at some point. When I was, you know, when I first saw salt, I was at the Vaughn's grocery store with my mom, and she wanted salt. And this was the first picture that I ever got of salt. This little girl with an umbrella and spilling all the salt. And I just thought, like, what in the world's wrong with this girl? She's, 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 she's you know, walking down, walking somewhere, spilling all the salt, right? So this was my very first impression of salt. When I hear the word salt, this is what comes to my head. Now, salt is intended today for what? For flavor, right? Salt is intended to add flavor to whatever it is you're eating, a little guacamole, little chips and salsa, a little whatever. You put some salt in there and it adds flavor. Now, when God was talking about, when Jesus Christ was talking about you are the salt of the earth, in those days, salt had a much higher value than simply flavor, okay? In those days, salt was used to preserve. There wasn't any refrigerators back then. So whenever they had, whenever families had meat, they had to figure out a way to keep the meat from going bad. Salt was used to preserve, was used to hold its value of whatever item they were trying to hold on to. And salt was so valuable that people in those days, they worked on, in the fields or in, in farms and they got paid by salt. So you can imagine you work all day and all of a sudden it's like, hey man, you did a great job. They would get a little bag, and they'd put salt in it, and they'd say, there you go. That was the currency and the value of salt. It had such a high value that people would work on, uh, day in and day, uh, day in, and in the sun or at night, and they would get paid by salt. So this is, is Jesus Christ trying to help you understand that you are the salt of the earth, meaning what? You are the highest value. Your value is not just flavor, okay? It's not just being salty, all right? It's not just having flashy, flash, flashy clothes. Look at the flavor on that guy, right? Or look at the flavor on that girl. No, that Jesus Christ was trying to help us understand that you are the salt of the earth. Your value is so high that your voice and your encouragement and your words and your story and your influence is going to transform someone's life. And then you're going to hear a story that because of South Hills, I have found peace. And because of South Hills, I have found love. And because of South Hills, my family and I are going to church again. And so Jesus was trying to help us understand how valuable you are. Not just flavor valuable. Being, being someone's voice or being someone's influence in their life. This is a, the, the place of value for you. And then he goes on. He says, you are the light of the world. Like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden, no one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. 
Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everywhere in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. So he uses the word salt, and then he uses the word light. Now, in these days, they didn't have electricity like this. They had these uh, gas lamps that were, you know, they would put oil in them, and then you would light them, and then this is what was used to bring light into a dark room. Okay, and then he was saying, "Put it up high, put it up high, so it illuminates. It illuminates the room. Don't put it down low, and don't hide it underneath uh, a table." Let me turn this off before I start the church on fire. All right, don't put it up low. Don't hide it underneath the table. Light is meant to illuminate. Light is meant to give people clarity. Light is meant to allow people to see things that they cannot see in the dark. And let me just share this right now because you're here and you're listening to God's word and you're in a place where you're going to be encouraged every single week. But there's people in your life that, have, that are living in a dark place where there's stress in their heart and there's tension in their life and there's frustration and there's depression and they're wondering how they're going to survive and they're wondering why they should get up in the morning and they're wondering, is their marriage going to work? Are their kids going to be okay? Are their finances going to go under? Are they going to lose their home? Are they, there, there's people in your life that behind the smile that you see on the, hey, good morning and hey, how's it going? Behind that smile, there's a story that is dark. And yet you are walking around with light. And what Jesus is saying is your story is going to bring light into their life. And that your your words are going to be encouraging. They're going to be life transforming. So then when they walk to these doors, they're going to hear, you're going to hear the story because of South Hills. I have a church family and I have a perspective that I didn't have before. And I I have Jesus in my heart. And I have breath, to, I have breath of uh, fresh air, and I have encouragement to get up and face the next day. Now, influence was given to you so that others can draw closer to Christ. But in today's world, influencers are being used for a platform. And the platform at all was never intended to be, benefit the person. The platform was to benefit people. And God constantly is trying to help us break from today's culture and to help us understand people before platform. I want to let that sit for a little bit because I want to make sure you grasp that. Your life, your story, your experiences, your gift, your talents, your, your success stories, your failure stories are designed to influence people. People before platform. That was God's idea. True and lasting influence always starts with people before platform. Why am I here today? Why is Moses Camacho on stage sharing God's word? Well, 
if I follow the line, um, I follow, let's see here, God put a calling in my heart. Okay. Did I answer that calling right away? Like, well, like I kind of, I just, you know, I volunteered for the church and I helped and I went to church. Okay. Then what happened? Well, at some point I made a career choice and I became a teacher. My wife and I got, we got married and I was teaching right up the street, right up the street at Citrus Hills Intermediate School. And then all of a sudden someone saw something in me and then they spoke up and they said, Hey, and I really see like there's more in you. Like God is really calling you to more. And I said, okay, what do you need me to do? It's like, yeah, I'm, I really think it's time for you to make a career change. I'm like, what? I spent a lot of money on that education. <laughs> I'm not ready to make a career change. It's like, yeah, I understand you spent a lot of money on that, but I really need you to ask God if it's time for you to make a move to full-time ministry. And then I remember just driving home and I, and I walk in the door and my, my wife's like, hey, how did that meeting with Pastor Crisco? I'm like, you're never gonna believe this. And, he's, and she says, why? And she's like, he wants me to leave teaching to go work for him, full-time ministry. And she's like, yeah, I thought that's what it was going to be about. And I'm like, what? Any idea how much I paid for education? That was a lot of hours. That was a lot of work. And she's like, yeah, but I feel like this is where it's going. And so then sure enough, I had to ask God. And then that seed that he planted in my heart and that, and that seed that my wife watered, ultimately I, I got to the point of, yeah, this is what God is asking me to do. So I make a career change, right? But before that, there was another person in my life that ultimately spoke into making, the, making South Hills a place to be, uh, to make this my, uh, my ministry. It was a guy named Steve Robinson. He's actually a board member of this church, and he's actually um, the CF, CFO of this church. And he was the one that said, hey, South Hills wants to go multi-site, and if you don't do this, we're not going to be able to go multi-site. Like, we've tried in the past, and it didn't work. You're the one that knows how to do this. You need, you need to make this happen. And I was like, so he planted that seed, right? He put that, put it in the water. And that just continued. It just continued. I can go story to story with all the people who were planting seeds and watering them in my heart. Planting seeds and watering them in my heart. And that's what the, and that's what the Bible says. It says you are here because someone planted a seed in your heart. You are here because someone watered the seed in your heart. And then when someone planted the seed and watered the seed, God made it grow. At some point, you decided to give your life to Christ. At some point, you decided to use your life to honor God. At some point, you decided to do these things, right? And now, guess what? You are the influencer that's going to be planting seeds and watering in someone else's life. Follow along with me. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6, 9 says, I planted the seed in your hearts. Apollos watered it, but it was God who made it grow. It's important it's important who does the planting and who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. The one who plants and the one who waters work together with the same purpose. So what God is saying is this. There's a team involved with transforming hearts. There's a team involved with changing lives. And your voice is involved with that. You're one conversation away. Remember I started it with this? You're one conversation away from someone experiencing life change. There's, there's some people who actually do the watering, right? You just simply, you know, water, you water. It's like you're speaking to people's lives. You encourage them. You invite them. You say, how are you doing? Hey, have you ever heard of this place called South Hills, right? You simply do the watering, right? And then there's other people who have a different role, and they actually do, do the planting, right? It's like, oh, let's speak. Oh, man, there's not a lot of planting going on there. Let's find another person. All right, let's see who's a little more planter. So they, they find, so they, they, they take the seeds and they actually speak into their life. How is your marriage doing? 
How are, are your kids doing? What's going on with work? Is everything okay? Anything I can help with? Anything that I can speak into? And then they do the seeds in the heart, and the seeds in the heart, and the seeds in the heart. And then what happens? Someone else waters them, someone else waters them, someone else waters them. And then what happens? God makes it grow. God makes it grow. God's not saying it's your job to produce the fruit. God's saying your job is to plant seeds and water. How? With your story, your words, your influence, your encouragement, your invitation. Because of South Hills, I'm grateful that George reached out to me. And when no one else did, I needed a new beginning. And my first experience at your campus was so refreshing. Because of South Hills, I was able to stay strong for my family. Talk to God again. Talk to God again, meaning there's been a long season in my life where I wasn't able to talk to God. I was able to, to change my perspective of a lot of areas in my life. And because of South Hills, I am able to have a relationship with God again. There's two things I want you to know about influence. One, influence is not always obvious. Influence is not always obvious. You can be watering and watering and watering and not see any fruit. You can be planting seeds, planting seeds, and planting seeds and not see any fruit or not see any growth. Influence is not always obvious. Number two, influence is not always an instant. Influence is not always instant. It takes a while for this to happen. I'm not a gardener. Trust me, I'm not. But if you were to plant seeds and water them, plant seeds and water them, you would see that it takes time. It takes time for that seed to open up and for, that, for, this, for this tree to grow and then for it to finally give fruit. Influence is not always obvious and influence is not always instant. And one thing I just want you to know is that you have an enemy that is constantly trying to derail you from being a person of influence. There's an enemy in all of our lives that every single day, his number one goal is for you to stay quiet, for you not to plant seeds, for you not to water into people's lives, for you not to share your story, for you not to extend invitations, for you not even to come to church, for you not even to even realize that there's a place that wants to be in community with you. There's, a per there's an enemy that is working really hard and did a great job in the last 17 months to divide and distant everyone. When God's story was like, hey, this, whoa, heads up, just so you know, my whole purpose of life is for community and for the, the, the word church actually means gathering. And it doesn't mean online. So for those of you who are watching online, you've been cruise control online. At some point, you need to make your way back. Okay, online is a, was a great option when we had to, you know, all do our share. But at some point, coming back into community was God's, God's intention and definition of church. And so there's an enemy that's constantly trying to put negative things in your head and your heart, getting you to not believe in yourself, getting you to believe that you're not worthy, getting you to believe, like, how in the world am I going to speak into someone's life when I don't have life altogether? Nowhere in the Bible are you ever going to find that it says you have to have life altogether before you can speak or invite people into a relationship with Christ. Nowhere. Actually, I'll show you the exact opposite. There's a story in the book of John chapter 4 of this, of, this woman, of, of this woman who was by the well. And she was a Samaritan. 
And so, and there's the reason why this is such a crazy story is because Jesus was a Jew and he, and he was around the Jewish people and Jewish people believed in God and they wanted nothing to do with the Samaritan people. So the town of Samaria, they wanted nothing to do with it. Why? Because the, the Samaritan people were half Gentiles and they were half Jews. Um, they didn't, they didn't worship God. They worshiped pagan gods. So they were, so the Jews looked at them as the scum of the earth. They looked at them as basically below the level of dogs. And so if a Jew actually wanted to go from one side of the town to the other side of the town and Samaria Samaria was in the middle, rather than going through that town, they would actually go all the way around and extend their journey, even though it was days of an extended journey, to avoid the people of Samaria. Now, Jesus obviously didn't live by those rules, He saw people as people, not as labels, not as failures. So he goes straight to the town of Samaria. He goes and sees the well. He sees the the lady down there, and he goes and sits. And here's the story. The woman was surprised, for the Jews refused to have anything to do with the Samaritans. She said to Jesus, you are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Jesus replied, if you only knew the gift God has for you, and who, are, who you're speaking to, you would, ask, uh, you would ask me, and I would give you the living water. And she says, but sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said. And that is, this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? Jesus replied, anyone who drinks the water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. Now, before I read verse 15, I just want you to, to grasp what's happening here. The God who made water come out of a rock went down to the well and asked this this lady for water. The God who opened up the ocean so that people can walk through went down to this well to ask this lady for a drink. Do you think he really needed her for water? Do you think he actually needed her help? No, he didn't need her, but she needed him. And you know how he create, creative he was with creating a conversation? All he did was ask for a cup of water. That was his icebreaker to start this conversation so that he can speak into her life. Verse 15, please, sir, the woman said, give me this water, then I'll never be thirsty again. And then he says this, now he speaks into her life. Now he's going to unveil something about her that she didn't think he knew about. She says, go and get your husband, Jesus told her. She says, I don't have a husband, the woman replied. Jesus says, you are right. You don't have a husband, for you have had five husbands, and you aren't even married to the man you are living with now. Sir, the woman said, you must be a prophet. So here we we have it. I mean, this is thousands of years ago, right? Imagine, Imagine this. Thousands of years ago, this woman has had five husbands. None of those marriages work out. She's living with another man, not even her husband, and she's having a conversation with Jesus Christ, the Messiah. How terrible must she feel about herself, right? But yet here she, here she is, Jesus speaking into her life. Jesus inviting her into conversation. Jesus asking her, for, asking her if she wants water that was gonna last forever, not the water that we drink, we become thirsty again. It didn't dawn on anyone that falling in love was the easy part. 
But staying in love was the, was the hard part. Now, I'm sure we've all had relationships at some point, and the falling in love part is, is the fun part, right? It's the easy part. But the staying in love is the journey. Have you ever watched a movie when it, ha- when it ends with happily ever after? Why does it always end at the wedding? Because nobody wants to see what happens after the wedding. <laughs> so this had been this lady's story. She's had a lot of failed relationships, but yet Jesus still thought she was valuable. And Jesus still thought she mattered. And so here we have it. Jesus said, you are right, um, servant, uh, you must be a prophet. The woman left her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village telling everyone, come and see the man who told me everything I ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? So the people came streaming from the village to see. Now here's what happened here. The Samaritan people, the people of Samaria, the people that were outcasts, the people that the Jews wanted nothing to do with. This woman with five failed marriages became the first voice into the Samaritan people, the first evangelist, the first person that was used to change the hearts and the lives of the Samaritan people was a woman with five failed marriages. She was the voice into the village and into the town. You don't have to have it all together to be an influence for Christ. According to the Bible, you don't have to have your life in order in order for you to speak about Jesus, in order for you to share about Christ, in order for you to extend an invitation, in order for you to share your story. You don't have to have it all together. The verse goes on and says, but I say, wake up and look around. The fields are already ripe for harvest. The fruit they harvest as people brought to eternal life. What joy awaits both the planter and the harvester alike? You know the saying, one plants and the other harvests. Many Samaritans, here we go. Many Samaritans from the village believed in Jesus because the woman had said. Many Samaritans believed in Jesus because the woman had said. Many Samaritans believed in Jesus because the woman had said. So Jesus stayed two days long enough for many more to hear the message and believe. Now we know that he is indeed the savior of the world. And here's my closing thought for you. Jesus is counting on ordinary people who follow an extraordinary God. Ordinary people who live ordinary lives to be the influence into people's lives, to be the voice and the invitation so that at some point someone can say, because of South Hills, I was able to stand strong for my family. Because of South Hills, someone invited me and my life was changed. Because of South Hills, my heart is full. Because of South Hills, I had found peace. Because of South Hills, I've been able to be more closer towards financial freedom. Because of South Hills, my family and I are all going to church together again. Because of South Hills, there has been healing in my heart. Because of South Hills, That's not because of what happens on this stage. I already shared that with you. It's because of someone like you who watered and planted seeds and extended invitations so that people can come and hear God's word. And what does God's word do to their heart? Creates growth, creates change, creates transformation. And let me let you in on a secret. If you think 
that the person being invited by you is the only one that's going to benefit, you're wrong. Now, this isn't the reason to do it, but yes, your heart and your life also becomes transformed. When you use your story, your voice, your influence to be an encouragement into someone else's life and let God get a hold of their heart so transformation can happen in their life. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I'd love to pray for you. Father, we thank you, God, for your message. Father, we thank you, God, for your word. Father, we thank you that you have shown us that we don't have to have it all together to be a voice, to be an influence, to extend an invitation, to speak into someone's heart. God, thank you for your word that gives us light, for your word that encourages us to be salt. Thank you for your word that encourages us to hear from you, to help us put our priorities in check not get lost in what this world says is important, but to stay focused on what you say is important. We say these things in your name. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to this week's message. We hope you heard something that spoke directly to where you're at right now in life. To find out more about our church, hit up our website, southhills.org slash corona, or follow us on social media at southhillscorona. And if our messages have made a difference in your life, help us get the word out by rating and reviewing this podcast. And as always, you can support the ongoing work of our church by giving through our website at southhills.org slash give and selecting the Corona Campus. Thank you so much for listening. And we hope you'll join us again next week. God bless.